Um, so I started the Fall Creek, Fall Creek Arts and Culture Council um, at the beginning of this year, and we've uh, got a steering committee in place. We've been meeting um, over the last eight months, and we just launched our first stuff this week. Like four like days Monday. Oh, wow. This is probably um, a good topic. Yeah, absolutely. We probably I'll put this snippet at the front, Yeah. and then we'll go intro and everything yeah, else. Yeah, sure. But it... Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of the Performance Group Podcast. Um, my name is Sean Kirby, your host today and every day. In today's episode, I sit down with Aaron, and I sit down with Jake Anderson of Anderson Creative. I will honestly say that I had an absolute blast recording this episode, um, there's some good people, there's some bright people, they're doing some awesome stuff in the community. As you heard at the beginning, before we even got into our intro, I wanted to plug Erin's um, newest piece that she is adding to our community. Um, if you go ahead and listen to this podcast, it goes all the way through their journey, talks about marriage, talks about business, talks about family, talks about so many cool things. So I'd love for you guys to you know sit down and enjoy a nice cup of coffee with this one. I'll, I'll dive into the front end of the recording, but um, we'll, we'll just start with a little bit of, um, so today we are welcomed by Aaron, spelled with an A, but not the way you think, not with two A's, it's A-R-I-N, and we've got Jake Anderson of Anderson Creative and Sleepy Jeans Tea Company, established in 2019. Um, so we were already kind of getting into like the pre-talk talk in a podcast where you're just getting into... Um, pretty much content before the content was recorded. So we're going to back things up a little bit. Um, my first question that I asked them when they walked in the door was whether or not anything was off limits. And um, they said no. So <laughs> hold on to your seats. So I actually, like we said before, the first thing I want to talk about truly kind of is your relationship, not from like a therapist point of view, but from <laughs> a, um, when did you guys meet? How did you meet? And obviously, you guys had no plans of working together, I'd assume. No. So when did you guys meet? High school. High school. You went to Newcastle High School. I did, yeah. You went to? Uh, Highland. Highland High School. Uh -huh. That's a church camp. Church camp. <laughs> I was about to say, music <laughs> camp was my next guess, like jazz camp. It was basically music camp? No. Um, I played music at the church camp. And I sang. Okay. Uh, we met, we didn't have a relationship, we didn't date back then or anything, and then we reconnected in 08. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. We were both out of school. So we just met for coffee and... No way. So you went to I, Bradley University to study music. Yeah. But you graduated in PR. Double major. Right? A double major. Okay. And, well, okay. With a stint in England. Yeah, I did have a stint in, in Europe. Okay, that's where you did your jazz studies. Yeah. <laughs> was a lot. Yeah, it was weird. Um, England is where I realized I didn't want to live in a van for the rest of my life. That makes sense. Starving right. artist, right? Exactly. So I was getting, I, I was a music major, and then I went to England, and I had a couple gig-type things there because they weren't allowed to pay me mm -hmm. um, legally. 
because I was a foreign exchange student. Were you a, what, were you a um, singer or? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, go ahead and start. Uh, <laughs> right now, yeah. Amazing exactly. Grace. Whole uh, mm. University. At Whole <laughs> University. You got a red where you were at. Yeah. Um, You're Tigers. It was fun. It was great. But that's kind of where I realized I actually liked the business end of music a little bit more. Yeah. Um, I was slowly becoming the person everybody came to to make the designs for the events or do some event planning or make the t-shirts or make sure we were making money at yeah, the fundraisers it's or, you know, those kinds of things. And, um, that transitioned me into radio for the second two years of my college career. So I worked in radio. I was at KISS FM and ESPN oh, wow. in central Illinois as an intern for two years. And then I had my own radio show at school. Oh, so this is nothing new for no, you. No, I'm good at this. I've like. done voiceover work. It's fine. Uh, <laughs> Perfect. That's exactly what we need. We'll dub this whole thing. Listen, this yeah. is not the Aaron show, but if it were, I could fill you about uh -huh. good hours. Well, if you look um, right here, do you see it? Do you see? This? If you look at the screen, it's actually dubbed in. It says Aaron and Jake Anderson of Anderson Creative. Show. Perfect. Yeah. Show. 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 Well, actually, so I did. I brought this piece of paper in because I wanted you, because I've seen your prints online, mostly Southwestern prints. Oh, yeah. Um, I want you to draw your logo and then. Dang, I didn't bring any tape. The new one that's not out yet. The new one that's oh, not out yet. You guys are creating your own branding company? We are, yeah. We're processing that currently. Oh, no way. So, yeah, I was just going to stick it underneath. So, the few people that actually watched this on video, which is seven as of yesterday, <laughs> and six of you for my own, we can put it right underneath the screen. So no pressure. We can still talk as we go. Yeah, yeah. go ahead. Yeah, as, 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 so back to you. You were a radio, yeah, radio show host. <laughs> I was a radio show host in college. Um, and also the um, PR and promotions intern. So I got to drive like all the bands around in the Hummer. Oh, man. Kind of in the Hummer? Half of my job, which was stupid. Um, and just hang out with bands and rock stars all day, which was pretty cool. That's like the sickest job you could possibly have. In college, for sure. You're like, you couldn't get anything better than that. Yeah. Um, and I think I was getting, you know, two to three hours of sleep a day. But, um, cause I was doing that and waiting tables and had my own radio show and was still, and then I was you double majoring. Yeah. I was double majoring at that point because I knew I didn't want to go into vocal performance because I did not want to sing arias with symphonies for the rest of my life. Not putting that down, it just wasn't for me. Yep. Um, and it was kind of a classic gold music school, but I, um, they were one of the first music business programs in the nation too. Oh, wow. So there were only, I think, three or four at the time I went to school. Music business really wasn't thought of as a good major at the time. Yeah. <laughs> Who knew? Yeah. Um, and then the internet happened in a really big way in 2009 when I graduated school and everything went to shit. Yeah, I was going to say 2009 was up here and in town. Can we say shit? Oh, I don't know. Can I say shit? <laughs> No. Okay. Yeah, that's fine. Okay. I'm, I'm the one who edits these. Everything went to crap. Yeah. You have to have viewership to edit things. So <laughs> at this point, we can actually look back on. Yeah, and um, when that happened, the world was weird. I don't know. Um, I was a PR and music major, and then Twitter and Instagram, not Instagram, even YouTube for business happened in the next two years. 
Instagram came along a few years later. Um, when I was in college, Facebook started. Yeah. Um, so it was just a way for me to talk to my friends at other schools at the time because mm-hmm. it was just an in-university platform. Um, and the entire world flipped upside down. Radio stations were eliminated. So the, the place that I was working at at the time, my senior year of college, eliminated 30,000 jobs nationwide. Jeez, um, and most of those were new grad promises for out of school. So I suddenly found myself graduating school with no job. And then I moved back to Indiana. You, yeah, this kind of nerd forced and... to, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm about to draw your face and it's going to look ugly now. So. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I don't know. That's 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 how a you got bit yeah. about how I got back yeah. here. Yeah. And you never left. Nope. Not you once. Not once? No. Um, so I have a daughter who's 12 years old, um, which I had like before we reconnected. Um, I was living in Newcastle and I went to work at my dad's business uh, in outside sales. So basically he was like, you need a job. And I did. And I'd been playing in a band uh, that was going pretty well. We yep. some recordings. It was an exciting time. No shameless like, self-promotion there. That was the name of the band. You yeah, did a lot of research. I did a good amount of research. Yeah, so, so yeah, I was playing in Shameless, and I, they got, so at the time, I don't know if I've ever told this story really, they got an offer to, uh, from some weird software company, like a precursor to Spotify, I believe it was called Unicorn Media, what? offered to fly the band out to South by Southwest and do some shows, and I found out I was going to be a dad. Um, oh, so no. we had a big band meeting, and I was like, guys, I can't make this trip, i got to do a whole thing. So I trained a guy to play on my parts uh, to be my replacement, went on to be a dad, worked at my dad's company, which I'll get into, because um, that's a good experience, fun to talk about. But um, so they went out and did it, and it was terrible. And the band kind of, that's kind of a nice moment. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, they had a big party. It was fun, but the, the group kind of imploded at that point. Um, and they went all various ways, and I've stayed in touch with all of them. Yeah, uh, that's how since. most bands kind of yeah. break up. It's some, just of us, kind of some of us still play together now in various you know, groups and formations. Um, so my dad was like, you need a job. I... We'll hire you, but it's going to be a hundred percent commission. He's like, if you can kill, you can eat. Yeah. Right? So I'm introverted by nature, uh, artsy fartsy. So <laughs> it was a big change for me, but I'm also determined. So I made a pretty good living doing that, and this was in 2008, 2009, and we got all our leads from the phone book. Believe it or not, it's yeah. a small town, Newcastle. You know, so we had a whiteboard like the one over here. And me and two other sales guys ran it just like you'd see at a car sales place. We'd all take turns on our leads, and life was good. And then the phone quit ringing. Uh, one day, the internet finally caught up to yeah. East Central Indiana. And that's how I got into marketing. So I was like, okay, I've got to brand myself. I've got to start using social media. I've got to start doing emails. And the company's not providing any of that, but I'm still on commission. So I started doing kind of marketing. And it got to the point to where I went to my dad, and I was like, we need a good website yeah so I found a developer and worked with them and, and then at that point I wasn't out selling anymore so I was starting to get broke 
So we renegotiated, <clears throat> and I turned into like a marketing coordinator. And that was in 2011, right? Somewhere in there. You got my like LinkedIn or I I check everything. I mostly yeah. make that stuff up. It's all just a blur. Yeah, me. it was also yeah. long ago. Now. Yeah. Right. So then we did the marketing coordinator, and then slowly I just like kept getting better at that. I worked from home for a while for him, just doing marketing. And then it got to the point where I was like, we could do even better marketing if we brought an agency on to work with, and I just managed them. So we outsourced the agency, which she happened to be working for at the time. <laughs> we'll probably get to that when you switch back to her. Uh, <laughs> and then I, I, to fill the rest of my time, I was already familiar with the scheduling and the inventory. And this is a seven-person business. So yeah. I took over all the operations, take that off my dad's plate so he could focus more on running the business. And it was a really cool experience. That's where I learned I really like to manage as a person. I don't know if you're familiar with the old book, uh, The E-Myth. I recommend The E-Myth for all seven people listening. <laughs> it basically says all people have a certain percent of manager, entrepreneur, and technician. And most people are heavily two out of the three. Yeah. So I find myself to be like a manager first entrepreneur second and I'm a terrible technician like I'm bad at being the guy that just shows up and does the work that's on the list some people love that nope um, she's technician entrepreneur so when you get to the marriage thing that, that works well that's where so, you guys coincide yeah I'm kind of project manager uh, outsourced human being manager employee yeah. manager uh, I'm terrible and, and, well it's a hard yeah. uh, to me managing people's what the worst. small organizations fear absolutely yeah is the hr side the yeah. hey delegation i mean being the smartest person in the room is only good for so, so long when you're trying to scale and grow you've got to be the dumbest person in the room and give that smartest person an opportunity to absolutely. grow yeah so i absolutely i got really into that side I really enjoyed it um and then kind of switches to her story at that point as to how i got involved in this business and left the family business but I don't know we go. We like throw it back to you. It's up to you. It's she's the, she's the real host. She has yeah. true. Well, you stopped at college. Yeah, I, I did. So. so so after college, you eventually found a job. I moved back here. Wait. Hold up. <laughs> so what is Anderson Creative Communications? Right. So that was iteration one. We'll so this is iteration two. Yes. Correct. We'll start even before dun, dun, dun. that. Dun, dun. We should probably go plot back twist. When we got together yeah so we were together in uh my senior year timelines are hard to follow it it's, a, it's like a marvel year. movie you're just doing all your blasts from the past and it's just so much what it was, right the senior year of college and um that's when i found out that the job i was going to have in illinois from uh the radio company was no longer going to happen um so all of a sudden, my hopes and dreams and life plan were demolished out yeah. of nowhere, right? Um, and and those moments, I feel like there's there's this epic breakup with yourself that happens, and everybody's gone through it. You just you're like, okay, I was gonna be this, but maybe not. And yeah. Now maybe I'm gonna be this, and you kind of go through this process of like breaking up with yourself and then reintroducing yourself to yourself over and over again. So I had one of those moments where I had to swallow my ego and my pride because I had been busting my ass to do a certain thing for a really long time and I'd gotten there yeah. and then all of a sudden it didn't exist anymore. Not I couldn't be that, it was that didn't exist anymore. Yeah. 
that's just how the world works and it's worked that way really ever since the tech boom yeah so (laughs) i moved back to indiana i took a job as an executive assistant at a chamber of commerce which would have been maybe the worst thing i could have thought to do at the time but i needed money and i needed a job and they i was great at it frankly (laughs) (laughs) to be honest no um i was young i was full of energy and i was probably pushing the boundaries a little bit more than small town would have wanted me to but i think we still got some really great things accomplished at the time um, so I was there for a couple years, then I went to an antique magazine, and I worked as a national account manager there for about six months. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, then that magazine, they just eliminated that entire department um, yeah. at that time. And that was a month before we got married, so then I had a panic attack. <laughs> um, and then I had a friend in the, in the marketing and industry and indie so this was the time where we were both kind of doing the whole twitter celebrity thing <laughs> yeah i had amassed two thousand followers or right we were, we were like, like hey, on the early that? wave of twitter yeah, in, in central i Indiana. think i got my twitter in 2011 when i was in the eighth grade <laughs> yeah totally different <laughs> and there was you know these indie social media groups and all this stuff we were you trying to be a part of we get together in person. Mm-hmm. Well, that doesn't sound like the internet to me. Social. That's the opposite. Yeah, like Indie Meetup 2010 or whatever. Yeah. So I was going to all of these things, meeting a lot of people. So at that Networking. point, I had another friend um, that said, okay, this isn't the perfect job, but it's somewhere for you to land for right now. Um, so then I went to the North American Retail Hardware Association, which, and I was the, um, like, marketing manager under the marketing director for that place and that was we were a two-man team um her name was Aaron her name was Aaron too people called us Aaron squared for Aaron squared that's good years it was funny um (laughs) and we were running marketing for um the the trade association that functioned as support for all of the ace true value and um do a best hardware stores all over the U.S. and Canada and then we also did, we had an independent section, and then we were running, I think, three different magazines at the time, too. Two people? Um, or your well, entire organization? Our entire organization. Okay. We were the marketing people for There was a separate this. design division. And there was a design yeah. division, an editorial division, a sales division, and oh, wow. us, too. Um, but it was an interesting, an interesting time, and I was there for... I think about a year before I got a job offer back in Richmond, Indiana, to be a marketing director of um, Warm Glow Candle Company, which is a national candle company at the time. And so for me, looking at that at however old I was, 23, 24, 24, I think, um, to be a marketing director at 24 was a pretty decent thought to yeah, see at that absolutely. point, right? Big step up. Big step up. So I took that position. Um and I did a lot of different things in that job. So that was one where it was really a one one woman show. So I was doing a lot all at once. Mm-hmm. Um I was the coordinator, the manager, the director, the photographer, the writer, the the media planner. I mean I was doing everything. Um so 
what I found out from that particular thing is your title isn't always your job. It's true. Um, right? And mm-hmm. I was young enough to uh, have that experience early, which was great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so from there, I was starting to get a lot of contract clients um, at the time from working in the various places I had worked. Um, Namely, the chamber. I think at the time I started working with a lot of small businesses on the side, and that was when um, you were doing your all of it. Anderson Creative Communications. That so that was all going on in the background. So yeah. your side job. Basically. You were doing that the whole time. Your side hustle, as the kids call them. Exactly, um, because I knew at some point it would come in handy. <laughs> I guess, um, and at that point we were we just trying to make all the money we could make, yeah. right? Um, so my side hustle then at that point became my big girl job, mm-hmm. my real job. Um, after I left the candle company, um, I just had I had so many clients coming, and so I decided to go ahead and give it a try. Yeah. Um, I don't remember how long I did that—a year and a half, maybe. October twenty thirteen by chance. Sure. <laughs> yeah, whenever that was. And at that point I had started in conversations with an agency that was downtown Indianapolis that was run by a friend of mine at the time. And we had been talking on and off for years and it was never the right time or really the right fit um, for for us to do any work together. But it about that time, I think it was twenty thirteen, we had had enough conversations and I had built up my business enough that we decided to just pull it under his company. Yeah. Um, so I brought all my clients with me and started working at this agency downtown. Mm-hmm. So that was where iteration one of Anderson Creative kind of yeah. left. That's right. <laughs> that's why it looks like two separate companies. So that came in under this other agency. Um, I was there as a, I don't know, content manager, I think, or, Brand. I don't know. It was really before people were talking about brand. Heavily. Yeah. Um, the only people that had a brand was Coca-Cola. And exactly. Um, we really weren't ta- discussing it in that manner yet. I would say if we were to rename the role now, we'd probably rename it something like brand manager or something like that. But um, I did that for a little over a year and got an offer from another company in Fishers where I went to be a manager um so it was a completely different situation i had been doing things where i was working on skill set technician types jobs right this was the first one where somebody said okay we need somebody to kind of manage these people manage these processes so i was the they call it the master schedule and marketing manager um, so I managed a team of developers and quality testers and designers that I managed in project managers, the scheduling and the um, execution projects, yeah. um, which was great. I really loved that job. I loved that company. Um, but I think that was a little under a year when I essentially worked myself out of a job. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, in systems and workflow management and we had really gotten to the point where it just wasn't necessary to have that role anymore. That's always nice. Which was great. Um, And then I was also just doing more and more creative design work on the side. Clients kept creeping up again on the side. Um, I was doing a little bit more in or a lot more in 
like creative consulting that I had done before, which was great because I always loved that side of what I did. Um, and then that's when iteration two of Anderson Creative came about out of that. We should give a shout out. That company was called Six Feet Up, oh, you're right. and they're great people. They are great people. Also, Gab, her former boss, mm -hmm. encouraged her to go full time with her business, and really was an inspiration. Um, I think as like another woman-owned business Absolutely. and a couple-owned business, Absolutely. she really thought you got a lot of potential to do that. Yeah. Um, so that's an important thing. It's encouraging. But, uh, also, I was talking about my family business. I didn't say what it was, and I feel guilty. <laughs> so maybe one of your seven people this, and I'll be my, my father, and he'll be mad. Yeah. ASI, Anderson Security Integration, ASI Security Dot Solutions. We provided all low voltage contracting. When I started, we were doing a lot of home theater stuff and things like that, too, but there was like the economic downturn right about then as well. So it's primarily a security system company, but a lot of cool stuff through the phone apps, et cetera. I just talked to him yesterday and referred to somebody to still do great work. I, I didn't like get fired or leave there angrily, which I think is the Which is actually worth throwing back to him. Yeah, exactly. So then you left. You just did. Yeah. Um, so uh, this will be funny because I'm going to tell a thing from her perspective and see if I'm right. So she was encouraged by the, the owners of Six Feet Up, like, hey, you know, we need to eliminate this position, but you, we know you have these other clients. We really think you could go full time. There's a lot of potential with what you're doing. You do great work. Um, so she came to me and was like, I'd really like to take this full time instead of pursuing another job. And kind of like when she, she had gotten a limit, the position was eliminated right when we were getting ready to get married. This was right when we uh, moved here and bought our house in Pendleton. So we just purchased the house, and they're like, hey, half your income's going away as a couple. Perfect. Maybe even more than half at that point. I think you were the breadwinner. Um, so she's like, I'd like to do this full time. So we kind of looked through our budget, throw it back to what you guys do, and realized we could make it work. I was yeah. like, well, I can, I just, Gotten a raise actually is when I moved into the operations position. So I was like, I can do this side of things, cover it while you take the clients you already have and try to build from there. And as she built every night after dinner, after our daughter would go to bed, she would just constantly ask me like sales questions, organizational questions, management type questions. How do I build this out? How do I do the tax side of this? How I was pretty much always an independent contractor being in sales, so I just had this big background of management and operations and scheduling, and the longer we talked about it, the more we talked about it. I was kind of just like, you know, to be frank, if we grabbed like two more retained clients, I don't have to have a regular job anymore. Yeah. I've always been like art and music. I don't like having a regular job anyways, really. I'm not good at them. I'm not an exemplary employee, even when I work really hard, it's just like not my thing. Um, I'm, I'm all over the place. So I like the idea of having that freedom to go, if I run the operations side of this and we make enough money, then I can just kind of figure it out. Yeah. Also, get back to the personal, nothing's off the table. Having a child at 18, I didn't get the like normal college type free, you know, let's go out and find myself. And, yeah. You know. Take a walk about, as the Australians would say. I never got to do that. So I just I ran the operations for her. I talked to my dad. We brought him on as a client instead because at that point, I I trained all my replacements. I took a, a technician and a, basically we had a 
couple people working in the office doing inside sales marketing stuff by that point. Like it grew exponentially with me. We brought on like four people that worked for me pretty much. Yeah. So I took the technical supervisor and I was like, this is how you're going to do inventory now. Took the front office person, like promoted them into being more of a marketing coordinator. Like this is how you're going to do that. So trained on the replacements, brought them on as a client. We handled the marketing side of it for them for a while. Um, just to make it a smooth transition. Mm-hmm. So everything, everything's yeah. good. So I have happy Thanksgivings and Christmas. <laughs> that makes things it's a lot helpful. Yeah, <laughs> it wasn't, it wasn't um, nothing negative about it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I took a little time just doing the ops side for her. And then what I found, um, I like the word walkabout, I'm sticking with it. <laughs> you do what it. I found through that and doing her sales side <laughs> was that I really enjoyed the creative work more than anything else. So now some of those roles have even been reversed over time. We've had a lot of iterations of Anderson Creative. So I sit and like sketch dumb stuff. I still don't like to draw on a computer. Yeah. Not really. So she's a software expert. She kills with that. Um, And we found over time we love the branding itself more than anything else, even though we have a lot of different Really, in any iteration of anything either of us have ever done, I feel like it's counting down to branding. All those jobs we talked about. Like yeah, that's, that's and the timing thing is like. the biggest thing because I think branding's at the heights of branding's ever been for local it's businesses. Weird. Because branding is weird it's a, in yeah, it's, it's a weird time right It now. is. It's a weird time to be a branding expert. To be somebody in branding. Because everybody's jumping, throwing their hat in the pool now? Sort of. Um, I think, well, this is going to make her happy. I'm going to talk about the thing I told you we maybe wouldn't talk about. <laughs> <laughs> we're in a creative democracy, as she likes to say. That's um, we're in a place where creativity and creative people are higher up the food chain and easier to access than they've ever been. It's extremely easy with tools like Canva, companies like Fiverr. I was gonna say Fiverr's the one that I'm Design pickle. I mean, I can everybody's just an IC. Everybody's out there saying I can do yeah. this for five bucks. And then what's happening? And, and we're in the middle. This is something she's super passionate about so I'll kick it over after I kind of lay the groundwork Uh, people in the traditional agency model like us but not really like people that look like us they tend to uh, be more like an attorney where it's like they just tally their hours and then you know they go hey we'll make you a logo and it's a lot of money because that's the way it's always been yeah Um, and what I like weirdly about things like Fiverr is it makes agencies put their money where their mouth is. So now if you want to charge $5,000 for a brand package or $10,000 for a brand package, which is not something we don't do, that's how I make my living, you've really got to deliver something that stands out and that is more usable as opposed to what somebody can go on Fiverr and get. And you have to find the right fit as a client, which is something that we've always been really adamant about is that you know, services like Design Pickle or Fiverr or Canva are not inherently bad. They're not inherently here to take away our jobs. Yeah. They're here because not everybody is the best fit for an agency. Yeah. Um, so now, all of a sudden, this entire new group of people has access to design in a way that they never have before. Um, and so where brand comes in is, okay... You've had access to design now. 
and now you're in phase two, mm -hmm. I think that's where we really shine. That's where like the sweet spot comes in of, okay, now we need to know, we need to go beyond the logo. We need to go beyond the design piece. Yeah. We need to know how we're gonna use it, how it's gonna work for us. What does brand really mean? Mm -hmm. so. And I think that's the toughest part you look at. So Bankable, Adam Hooksmo was in here last week, and we talked about what they do is they do micro-lending for startups right. or for people that are not currently bankable with like a standard bank. Mm -hmm. But I saw a LinkedIn post of his from three weeks ago that in the month of September, they're up 100% in true startups coming asking for money. Mm -hmm. So those true startups aren't in the position to spend five ten thousand dollars because you're not going to go right. to the Bankable and ask for five thousand dollars just to get your brand package, you've got to sell something yeah. first. Sell something to then create a brand. There's not a brand there. Yeah. I think people there's a want that first There's a proof of concept logo. there, yeah. um, but there's a huge difference between a brand and a proof of concept. Yeah. yeah that gets yeah. muddy a lot. A lot of uh, people in our position won't admit that. I think they just you know they want to be on a high horse and look down look down from their designer ivory tower but like That's every right. business should hire someone for what I cost and I yeah. should be paid a fair rate which is this much to make a good living and I agree with like the fair living part like I, I don't want someone to come to me with a startup and go well but I'm a startup can you do it for two hundred dollars yeah and then be offended when I'm like no I can't. What I do is go, no, I can't, but these resources can help you. Here's you should check here's out five should do yeah. this and come back to me when you can get the funding or when your your concept has been awesome. Another thing I do personally, um, not necessarily an Anderson creative thing, if I really believe in it, I'm like, okay, well, I'll do it, but I'll take the percent later. Like, if I really believe in your startup, then I'm, I'll just get involved. Yeah, because I got that like entrepreneur side. Yeah. Take a little bit of risk with it. Yeah, it's a weird gig economy right now, and if if I believe in it, why not give it a shot? Yeah. So starting your own incubators. <laughs> Basically, Basically, yeah. yeah. <laughs> couple of worked, a couple of tanked. That's an incubator, it is what right? It that's is, that's right? how that works. Yeah. I got time. Yeah, <laughs> assume all the risks. <laughs> exactly. So then, we just hit the part of the story where you left your dad. Yeah. Um, you um, left on good terms. Yeah, you, you're, dad. yeah, your dad's still... still He's my dad. still at Thanksgiving. It's yeah. fine. He's still my dad. Um, <laughs> so you joined in 2015, Anderson Creative, the yeah. second... Yeah, and you just want to run through the whirlwind of Anderson Creative and all the... Uh, I can do it. Yeah, Is that I, how we should start? Sure. Okay, so we got a... <sighs> she wanted an office space. Didn't want to work out of the home, which is ironic, but I'll get to that. <laughs> um, so our first office space was here in Pendleton right on the main drag of State Street it was a one room not much bigger than this honestly uh, we put two desks in it um, I don't remember like how to describe the building it doesn't matter it's about this big it was small is my point so we put two desks in it and we worked out of there um, but this will be a, a fun part of the story we were doing a lot of marketing type retainers um, and I put together a big business plan. I was very serious at the time about this. Again, ironic. So I put together this big business plan, and our whole plan was to offer what a full-service agency could do, but with a network of contractors. other contractors. Yeah. So it was just us doing the strategy and um, the design work, 
still what we do. Front-end web development is still a thing we do. Like everything we were great at, and one of my talking points I give to clients and prospects is there's a certain, marketing's a big umbrella, right? And there's a certain list of things under that umbrella I think we do A-plus work at. And I didn't want anyone to ever be involved who was a C student. And there's certain things I'm a C student at. You know, like yeah. social media, not my thing, not her thing. We can do it, we can dabble, but I wanted to bring on a plus social media person. Yeah. For instance. So we were working with small businesses, doing that with our group of contractors. Uh, one day I went down to Stable, shout out local business. <laughs> it was walking distance from the office. I stop in there after work often. Yeah. Uh, bartender, who you recently did some projects with, Dylan Swindell. Yeah. Him and I became friends. We're just like good buddies. He's working in there. Uh, I'm drinking in there, hanging out. You're, we get I playing play music in there pretty yeah. regularly at the time. Um, we got to know each other really well. I knew he was a <laughs> fantastic artist, but I'm an idiot, so it never occurred to me that he might want to work in the design world. Aaron was like, hey, your new buddy you've been hanging out with the last few months. He's really good at art. I saw him drawing on some napkins. We've got all this design work right now. Do you think he'd be interested in an internship? So I asked him about it, and he was like, actually, I almost went to school for design, but I hated the environment of the school. Um, Which most artists, I feel, do. Right. So he was like, yeah, during the day, when I'm not working with the stable, I'll come in and basically work for free in exchange for training on the software. Awesome. So that's how we got our first like employee <laughs> situation. So he... Uh, <laughs> He eventually got really, really good at the design work as well. He's still very, very good at the design work. We'll kind of get to that later. Um, so he came on, became the third person, and that's kind of when we started slowly shifting away from being that marketing, small business marketing company, to focusing pretty much on the brand and the design. Because mm -hmm. now I've got, well, eventually he quit being an intern. He started getting paid real yeah. money. He was a contractor, then he was a bigger contractor, then he was an employee over the years. Um, so I had someone I had to feed. You know, you're responsible for another person. So we started selling more and more design. I kind of fell in love with design and typography and all these different things. I quit caring about marketing, honestly. Yeah. Like, I just don't. It's not something. Fell out of love with it, but yeah. fell, fell in love with something else. And it got saturated, and, like, we, this is right when, like, the fibers and everything started coming out, and so for the small business world. I think it's probably worth mentioning, too, at the, this is at the time where I think more and more the marketing umbrella was starting to get pieced out. So you're seeing digital agencies only pop up. You're seeing SEO and strategy oh, yeah. agencies only popping right. up. You're seeing design agencies only popping for the first time. It's, yeah. You, it's it's breaking up in a very different People way. People just got really niche-based. Everybody yeah. was like, mm -hmm. I'm just going to hammer home, and I'm going to make the exact same amount of money. And then right. I did the Disney Plus model and said for exactly. $155 yeah. a month, especially SEO, because SEO mm -hmm. for, call it the normal business owner, you can sell somebody on the idea of something you can't see. It's like insurance. I can sell you on the idea of this right. product working. Yeah. But you pay $155 a month set up on automatic withdrawal. Next thing you know, you go, what is this actually doing for me three years later? Right. Yeah. And those people ended up accidentally getting took for their money. Uh, yeah. And that's something exactly. I'm personally really passionate about coming from working with my dad and small businesses. Um, I'm big on like what value, like what I do brings. And most agencies and marketing people get a bad rap, but it's well deserved. 
Yeah. Um, it's very common that they come in and they promise, like, well, we can do this, we can do this. Aaron likes to say, we'll get you number one on the jujil. Like, people try that thing. And so what we realized is I didn't want to be that. I have a high level ethically in that, on that side of things. And what I can deliver on is the design brand side. Mm-hmm. So we just got to get further and further into that. Working with Dylan, we've actually had two or three other people working with us. Moved to Water Street. Uh, we were on Water Street. Uh, so we moved out of the little office, moved over to Water Street to a bigger office because the three of us, like, you couldn't get away from any of your smells or anything. <laughs> it was, it was getting weird. It was a small room. Yeah, like, my bedroom was bigger than my office. getting foggy in there. So we moved to Water Street. Um, this is kind of weird. That's a weird segue. So when we got to Water Street, it was too big. Like, we could afford it. Yeah. Like, it was in the budget. It was a decent building. We cleaned it up, got it painted, made it our own. But it was too big. And um, being entrepreneurial like I am, I was like, what can we do with this extra space? Well, two things. One, it used to be, like, an art gallery. Mm-hmm. So it had all the hanging equipment. Uh, and two, too big. So I had all these friends working out of the coffee shop. They get justice on here. Yeah. Um, so I decided to give them a home. <laughs> so <laughs> we kind of opened up a small co-working shop where we rented out your desk. Um, like you guys were work. <laughs> yeah, basically, yeah, basically, yeah. So didn't lose a billion dollars doing it, but you were no, we just yeah. It was very small, and it was dedicated desk space, so it wasn't like a co-working environment where you come in and hang out. We said it needed to be in a tech or creative environment. An incubator. Oh my God. Correct. So we didn't want everybody on the phone. Like we had specific rules. I really only had like eight spaces. So it's just like people paying a couple hundred dollars for a desk and access to the conference room and all that. Very casual. We were so bougie about it at the time, which was so funny. Like we had Looking Zach, back, we had Zach custom make all of the, the, the desks. desks. Yeah, and... so I'll use that. Uh, yeah. This. So yeah, it was just, it was a really cool space actually. Um, Dylan we, paint the big Dylan mural. Put a big mural on the wall when you walk in, which I think is still there. Nice. They the last minute like covered it, but just with like curtains. Oh, yeah. well, good. Glad so, you left it. We call it Bridge and Tunnel Studios, and that's the name of your art gallery. So you also so turned it into a short gallery as well. So what we did. Um, It was so small business and just like money related, but at the same time, something that we're passionate about. So I've got this building. I have people basically paying the rent, which yeah. was like, I felt brilliant on a monetary level. I'm really proud of it. I got a movie. It's free. Yeah, you're just like, I'm providing something people want. Like, I'm not, right, I'm not like ripping people off. That's yeah, no, that's no. Nice. Um, I'm not ripping people off. I'm just giving them what they need. I'm getting my building paid for it. And then I got all these walls. I'm like, well, I can get those decorated for free. <laughs> so, but I have all these artist friends. I'm really passionate about supporting them. So does she. So we started having people come in and hang their works. And then we'd have a, an open, like an open house yeah. opening. We wouldn't charge anything, but they could sell the art. And we take no cut. So it's like a gallery without a gallery fee. But yeah. I get free decor. Uh, it was really office. cool. It was really it's better than it was very yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's the best way to do it. It was a win-win situation. We get a lot of press out of it. And this something she loves to talk about. Like, the town uh, was super supportive, surprisingly. Like, people just showed up, like, in mass. Like, we'd have hundreds of people. It was crazy. The opening we had at Water Street, I mean, it was almost 400 people came through. Where do they park? 
Right. We didn't know where they came <laughs> were they from. Were walking from the actual park? I, they had to have been because we didn't know what was going on. There were just so many people Most there. And we had, like, the Travel Indiana magazine showed up and, like, just all these. It was crazy. Yeah, um, we had a lot of unplanned interviews <laughs> that night. Um, um, but, it was, I, but I think it was just because it was a concept that a smaller town had not seen before yeah. at the time. Yeah. Um, then it flooded. And then it flooded. Well, that was, yeah, that was a, another question I had on here. Being it on Water Street, there's a reason it's called Water Street. Uh, ironically, yeah. Yeah. So. It was so unfortunate. It flooded. We really liked it there. We did. But we were having, it got to the point where we knew it would flood. We had, like, sandbags. And the landlord, there's, like, nothing that can be done. Yeah. It's not a situation where anything right. bad happened. Just, just so stuck. Yeah, we had a lot of water that year. And yeah, we started stuck. looking for a new space. Because um, we had a lot of expensive equipment by that point, too. Yeah, we'd grown heavily. We got more into design, less in marketing, brought people on. Uh, it was really growing fast. Much larger clients as well. Yeah. Um, kind of moving from just the small business world. It was one of those where, you know, the year that you go from signing somewhere between two and ten thousand dollar projects to signing like your first fifty thousand dollar project um at least in in our world so at at that point we were like okay at the same time you're adding (laughs) overhead constantly so it's not like we are doing any better or worse necessarily yeah um just trying to figure out how to scale and yeah so we had i don't know we had to move out of there and everybody went remote kind of like they are now pandemic times. Are you guys still remote now though? Well we are now but there's a segue between. So we moved out of there yeah. and we found a space that was like total trashed in Fortville but had a lot of potential and the landlord there uh, was like let's build this out to your specs. So we basically did the bridge and tunnel thing all over again but by this point we had three people working with us full time so we didn't rent any space out. But we did the gallery, we did the whole thing. Yeah. We How did your gallery do there? Because same. Right. It was awesome. Maybe Fortville, you guys maybe Fortville just turned around so fast. Yeah, we got in, right? That's Another bar cool. across the street for you? Yeah. So they're a client <laughs> and like one of my best friends now is the owner of Fox Garden. Shout out to them. Uh, that's why we ended up renting there. Not because I wanted to be across the street from the bar, but because those guys were, we're like, working hey, with them. They're like, please come to Fortville. And we you guys got recruited. Yeah, we Basically, could not yeah. find a space in Pendleton. Not for lack of trying. There just wasn't anything to rent. Just a small town, nothing available. And we didn't want to go to Indianapolis, even though a lot of our clients were there. I just don't want to commute. Yeah. So I'm totally selfish. I don't yeah. want to drive to Indy every day. So we ended up in Fort Mill, did the same thing all over again. It was great. Um, the lease came up at that point. We'd had basically some struggles. Like, we'd had some clients... Uh, run the natural course nobody fired us or anything we had some retainers up but and it, it was really odd timing but we decided to close up that office i'll swing back to dylan dylan had had a child changed his whole life around um he had grown to the point where he like outgrew us just like kind of is what it is and it's you know bummer. it's it is such a weird feeling um but it's such an awesome right. feeling when somebody outgrows you yeah so um, not I don't, I don't know well, um, here's the, the how him and I talked about it um, 
he found out he was having a second child. Yes. And he came to me and he was like, you know, I don't think you're in this position, but I'm going to need to make more money. So we talked to each other about it. Basically, he'd gone from being design intern to like graphic designer to kind of design manager, I would say. And he is ready to be one step above that, mm -hmm. like in that design director. Yeah. creative and we just role. simply weren't in the position to be able to offer him I don't think that. we'll ever be in the position and we won't. that's my job which actually <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to stay in you know, well and, right. and we never had our sights set on being like a giant agency with yeah. departments to yeah. run or anything like that so that actually probably comes back around to where you were headed yeah so he's ready to run a department uh, he found a, a good new gig we worked it all out he went on to do that. The other two people working with us were both contractors at the time. One went back into the area of her degree all at the same time. This is like kind of, I don't know, divine intervention or something. something. Like, so basically everybody kind of moved along at their own pace. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, without us having anything to do with it. And then like, bam, COVID. So we're working from home. Everybody that works for us has found their own happy things literally all still friends talk all the time yeah um and then this pandemic hits and nobody wants to meet or anything ever and we're doing everything online from our houses so the income drops but overhead drops even more and so that's kind of where we're at now but it's yeah. like we're doing fine things are great but it's i mean i miss the galleries and the spaces but absolutely it, we wouldn't be able to do that now anyway no. yeah so it all just happened like a, at a great time right so that brings us up so that brings us to where we're at 50 now minutes in 50 minutes in and yeah we, uh, oh my goodness we talk too much no so. not at all so yeah so here we are today you guys have been working together for five years now. Mm -hmm. yeah. Your marriage is the best it's ever been, I'm assuming. Unless you guys would like to disagree. <laughs> it's interesting. No, it's, it's, I don't know if there's any marriage that's ever the best it's ever been, right? I yeah. think that everybody has hills and valleys. and. So you're back to where you were when you started, technically. If it's yeah. just the two of you guys working from home, Absolutely. next thing you know, you're going to be, you guys want to rent this space, I'll rent it to you right now. Absolutely. You right. sign a lease yeah, before you leave. No, I think yeah. that there's something There's a TV. Hilarious. Comes with the there is something really cool about the full circle. I yeah. don't know. We've talked about it a lot recently. Those five years gave us a lot of opportunities a lot of room to grow, a lot yeah. of room to explore areas we, I don't think either of us thought we were gonna get to explore on our own mm -hmm. before we hired a staff. Um, but I will say personally, I don't think I'll ever want one again. Yeah. Um, not for not loving the people that we had, but for the sake of there's a difference between running a business and doing the creative work. Yeah. That's and, a technician in you. And for me, Anderson yeah. Creative had gotten to the point where I was doing so much working on the business and working on these certain things that I wasn't doing the work that I loved anymore. Yeah. I wasn't. I, I just wasn't. Um, the people that I had hired to do those jobs were doing amazing at it, and they were doing a phenomenal job, and there's a sense of pride that comes with that too. Um, but I could sense myself just strongly missing being a part of those projects in an integral way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, I won't speak to that for you. Yeah, I don't that's, know. I mean, I mean, I like to manage people and see them succeed, but at the same time, it's like the end goal 
is what happened for me. Like I like to incubate, right. so yeah. we bring the people Absolutely. in, and, you know, to bring on an intern and then see them, you know, go from A to Z and thrive to the point where I can't afford that person because they're so talented is a great feeling. But yeah. at the same time, it's not necessarily a great business model. <laughs> right. So, you know. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> not as like for your business, not for an incubator. Or yeah. Co-working. I would do that again. Yeah. I would do a I gallery would, would and do like space again if the opportunity came up. But I don't think Anderson Creative will be like a five-person team. Or, yeah. I think we work best, uh, the two of us, for what we're doing now. Yeah. But the business model's changed so much. It, yeah. Everything's transitioned since you've started. Correct. Yes. Yeah. So then, that's a heck of a story. I had things. <laughs> so that was that was how you met, right? That's yeah, how we yeah. met. That's how we got to where we are today. That's yeah. how we work together. Yeah. Whether it's interesting or not, I'm not I sure. Know. I found it absolutely interesting. <laughs> <laughs> and we haven't killed each other yet, so I like to think that we're doing all right. Homeworking going all right? You're looking at new spaces again? Not yet. No, um, I mean, very passively. Like, I have a few feelers out with friends and people I trust. Like, if something came up, it'd have to be the right space. Great space. And, and we'd have to be able to monetize it. Because yeah. right now, you know, having a space just when we already have a house or the home office, it's just overhead for no reason. But if yeah. I had a space I could, like, do things with that would provide more income, I would definitely consider it. Right. So, kind of passively looking for something yeah. local. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to kind of talk about you guys both are fell in love with art and then fell in love with branding from falling in love with art. I think there's a lot of. Oh, so this one says both with a musical background. How does that equate to your work harmony? That was just a play That's on the true. word harmony. Uh, um, so I think I can answer weirdly. The thing about musicians and artists is we're sensitive and creative at the same time, but I think the sensitivity breeds the creativity, right? Like people who... And empathy. People who make things see things first. Mm -hmm. um, and I approach a brand project the same way I would approach a new musical project, and I, I look at it as... So musically, I'm what you'd call like a side man. You gotta play guitar to make songwriters' songs sound better. That's yeah. my favorite job not up there like trying to show off unless they ask me to um, so I approach a brand project in a very similar way which I'm not sure I've thought of before mm -hmm. you know the, the companies already have a brand like they already have something they do they already have something they're good at at least if we're gonna work with them and it's our job to help bring that out and bring it to the forefront so their clients and prospects can see them as they are not see them as something they're not yeah um, so I do think there's a little bit of, like, my brain works a certain way, the, mm -hmm. the music and the brand tie together a little bit process-wise. For sure. I think it's just creative thought process, how we think. Um, I think empathy is a really huge part of that. Yeah. Um, I think that... And the music thing is interesting, just because... I don't think anyone's ever asked that. No. Um, we don't play together. Oh, really? No. No. Um, I think just that that's... Just styles? Well, no, I think it's a safe space for both of us. And you want it on your own. Yeah. Yeah, so, like, I translate it more in, like, I'll play the piano and sing, or I do musical theater, or I, I kind of translate it into a different space than he does, mm -hmm. because we, don't we like... like them to be our, our safe spaces, and I think there's a respect there. We don't do art together either. No. 
Really? Um, yeah, well, you think about how, um, like, a lot of people, yeah, they go home and they talk about work, right? Like, how was your day today? Yeah, you guys, do you guys take work home with you? For sure, work, but not art or music. But isn't your work kind of art? So In a sense, create from a creative yeah, yeah. perspective. Uh, so when I say we don't do art together, I mean, like, what you would call fine art. Like, if I'm going to, we've never gone, like, I'm going to make a painting and you're going to digitize it and we're going to, like, do it together and then we're going to sell it. Uh, it gets too, it's, I don't know, it's like personal for me. Like, yeah, and I think we are doing that all day, every day. So you don't stuff. want to, yeah. And right. so they they are our, pla- those are our places to, I, I think, let me back up, I think the key to making this work is making sure that you have hobbies, making sure yeah. that you have things outside of work to talk about right to to engage in to get you know get those things out because i can't come home and complain about my coworker. right well you're also not coming home you're just there you're just there it's really just um it's as simple as any other relationship where you look at and people go well you have to have your own thing and most people tend to find their own thing in their career and they have their family life and they have their career and Mm -hmm. they come home from the career and they discuss their careers together over a nice dinner, and it's great. For us, I think we come together, and I talk about music, and I talk about stuff hanging in that day, and she talks about the art she's made, and like. And it's really what T comes into this equation, too. So, yeah, back to T. So, you started um, Sleepy Jeans Tea Company in 2019. Yeah. So, you were like, you know, I'm bored. I'd like something else to keep <laughs> You know me. <laughs> um, I can't I can't sit still for very long. Yeah. Really. Um, I, I'm so, is it CBD tea to kind of know? Yeah, yeah I, know. I should be. But I'm, I'm like an obnoxiously productive person. Um, he laughs at it all the time. Yeah. Um, I do not know how to just be. Yes. <laughs> I'm no, always trying to do things. And at some point, anything I do, he says that I end up monetizing. Anything I do becomes an entrepreneurial thing. I don't. It's good problem to have. I don't mean to. It's better than just burn it. Sometimes. But yeah. I, it is what it is, you know. Um, so the tea thing, I've been living tea for years on my own just for fun. And um, I don't know. I had always <laughs> thought in retirement I'd have like a tea shop. That was really a, you guys a, while. a vibe. Yeah. Yeah. And then I was like, that's too far away. <laughs> and I was doing more and more tea in my free time. And then he said it was really good. And some friends said it was really good. And I said, okay, well, we'll just see what happens. Well, one of the nice things about doing what we do for a living is that like we can brand it put a website together and it looks like an established company immediately. That's yeah. what we do for a living. So she put that together. So you didn't have like a, are you mostly doing online sales from that? Or would you say? I do um, online and I do, um, right now I'm just doing small distribution, like really small markets and well, a couple yeah. restaurants and things yeah. like that. You can get it at Fox Garden. Nah, I'm going to monetize. Yeah. You get it at the Fox Garden. Yeah, this is a, f- yeah. You're the seven people listening. Oh, yeah. Yeah. If you're, if yeah. You're, if you're into hot tea, you can order a hot tea at Fox Garden, and it's a blend that she's made. Um, to sell Quack Daddy uh, here in Pendleton. And then 
collected roots, a new market in the name. It is. That place is crazy. And I mean, like, it was awesome. Yeah, but like, crazy awesome. awesome. Yeah, they sell retail also. So you can buy it in bags there. Okay. Or at the website, sleepyjeanstea.com. Spelled like the jeans you wear. Do you guys package that at home and send it out? No. Um, I package it at Quack Daddy. Okay. Yeah, she's got like a little space there because of laws and food safety. So you have to be within a... Yeah. Yeah, but they... Um, Basically, I go in after they close at 11.30 a couple days a week, and I do all my packaging there. Perfect. Yeah, yeah it really works out. That's a sweet, sweet Shout job. out to Quack Daddy Donuts. Shout out to Quack Daddy Donuts. Um, no, I think that that is just one of the things for me is I, I see I see opportunity everywhere, and it's almost like it drives me nuts most days. Because I can't ever get my brain to slow down. <laughs> yeah. Um, but when I see underutilized resources or spaces or ideas or thoughts or a need somewhere, mm-hmm. I just tend to do you know what actually jump in a, and see what happens. <laughs> yeah. Do you want know to be a really good idea for you guys? Is that you can monetize this if you had enough <laughs> local people that actually want to do this? And I've thought about this. Is you do a podcast studio and then you just mix and record for them and then just send them their stuff. My biggest pain in the rear is. Yeah. Doing the editing, doing it at my own yeah. place. If you could just have your own studio and then people just come in and rent studio space or do a monthly I've space. wanted like, to have a creative makerspace for a long time. So where there's equipment. media, equipment, art Well, and you're in radio background. I mean, you could do equipment. anything. Yeah. yeah. Um, I would pay for it. I hate doing this. Right. I like doing no. the podcast. I like the, but like the yeah. creation such is not what I'm good at. We don't like doing that part either. What's the problem? Find somebody. Yeah, right. Exactly. And I would. And we've talked about that a lot. Uh, right now, probably not the time yet. Because COVID. Because COVID. Yeah, how are you supposed to get in front of people? A place where everybody's doing it on Skype now. Plus, when you're going to have people in and out of a space, like utilizing the same microphone, you know, it's just a weird time. Um, but a maker's space, creative maker's space, is something kind of on the back burner. Um, I'll let you. I don't know. I mean, I think it's a great idea. We've, we've yeah, so I want somebody else to do it, but I think have it's like a, great a podcast idea. studio, an art space, uh, maybe even like a wood shop, like just a place where just people you're just creating stuff. a place for all your friends. Basically, that's all yeah. we do. You're literally just going. Well, I want my friends to be in the same building as me, so I'm gonna right. I'm gonna put all their stuff. Yeah. Well, what do I want my day to day to look like? And I want to be. Well, that. that's why you were across the street right? from Fox Creek. Yeah. Well, I think it's, you're right. It's my friends are there. I think what's weird about it is uh, we've we're changing it right now, but we've we've been on a kick of saying that we bridge the gap between art and business. I have a ton of talented friends, and something about this particular generation, people that are really good at stuff, don't seem to know how to monetize it. But coming from an entrepreneurial family and growing up around small business, I have a different take on that, and she's the same way. She's got family and business. So I'm. if you can build a cool table, I can help you sell it at a premium price. Like, I, I know people, they build something, they're like, well, the materials were 100 bucks. Uh, so I'll sell it for 150 and I make money. I'm like, how long did it take you to make it? And I got two weeks. I'm like, how well, were you paying it, for the lights? Were you paying for the does plumbing? It look like, awesome. What were you paying for? And then what will the market bear? Exactly. On the other hand, like right. sometimes you make something cool, but the market won't pay you the two thousand worth. Right. But I look at things like that that my buddies make, basically, for lack of a better term, and I've been able to go, hey man, you should sell that for three times what you think, and then it sells. So, and then they go, oh, this is this is like, a much oh, better works. business model. Yeah, <laughs> cool. 
So it is um, something we're passionate about, and yeah. it's almost just like a, a hobby. But yeah, I'd love to have a space dedicated to, to that kind of thing. I'm just, I haven't written out any plan for it, and I don't know that it'll ever happen or not. You know, it's just an idea I like. Yeah. I'd like that idea. You know, right. <laughs> but I think the biggest thing, like you said before, young people that are creative, they don't know how to monetize it. They've never been taught to monetize anything. They've been taught to get a job. Yes. Right. And that is actually... <laughs> That is a, a big passion point for me in general is um, education about what the arts can mean for a career. Yeah. In general. Um, what can makers do? What can designers do? What can artists do? Um, that isn't go be a marketing director or go be a content writer yeah. or you know those are great jobs if that's what you want to do but yeah. there are so many that that's not really what they want to do that's just what the world has told them they're allowed to do i think if you look at like what ween's done in the last four it's years phenomenal. at pendleton it's to, they, they've transitioned from just radio to now they're getting into the video because video is the next big thing for these right. kids they're getting it kids are doing podcasts yeah well and even like um shout out to samson hunkler he's one of my favorite humans in the community he's a um art teacher at pendleton high school he just got approval and just went through the classes at ball state to do um the very first brand class can, can have they school. asked you guys to come in and speak to the kids um, and stuff like that? We have before, but they can't right now because of COVID. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, um, and we've had interns from the high school uh, yeah. before as well, um, partnered with the program. JAG program. Um, and there are, I just think that those opportunities need to be more. There, it needs to be more than us. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Right? But how do we get the rest of the local community, if there's some listening, yeah. There's a talent pipeline Holy down crap. the road that right. a massive nobody one. here is going after in yeah. order to grow their business. But we're not growing our business, we're growing our community. So and there's 1,200 new homes coming That's in. That's a great question. So I started an organization. What the heck is this one? You started another one? It's not on the <laughs> internet yet. Oh, it is. I left it. But not and on your resume. No, it's not on my resume. You can't cheat. Um, cheat. The, <laughs> at the beginning of this year, listen, I've been having this conversation in the community for years. For years. In siloed, in siloed pockets, right? Yeah. Um, so I just finally thought, if the resource isn't here, Be let's build it, yeah. right? Um, so I started the Fall Creek, Fall Creek Arts and Culture Council. Ooh. Um at the beginning of this year and we've uh, got a steering committee in place we've been meeting um, over the last eight months and we just launched our first stuff this week like, like Monday oh wow this is probably um, a good talking point yeah absolutely we probably I'll put this snippet at the front yeah and then we'll go intro and everything yeah, else sure but it because it's so incredibly important to connect resources and people across the community from an arts and placemaking standpoint we have incredible resources here. We have an incredible walkable downtown. We've got an incredible park. Um, there are a lot of really great things going on here and a lot of people having independent conversations um, and not knowing where to go to bridge those gaps of communication and how do we make these more than conversations? How do we bring them to life? How yeah. do we make them happen? Um, so that's the goal with this group is to just support and champion the arts and um, cultural initiatives in our community. Um, so one of the first things we are, we are doing as a group um, is a live storybook walk 
Um, so we're bringing the Where the Wild Things Are children's book to life in the park um, with the trails. Yeah. The trails are going to be the backdrop. Is this um, on Halloween night? Um, is this? October, we're going to do October 25th. Um, it's a Sunday. Uh, we're going to try to do daytime for the kids. Um, but the theater, art, and music departments at the high school are getting involved. We're getting actors from there, musicians, the artists are doing the sets. Fun. The library's partnered with us. We've got a bunch of free books to give away. Um, so it's it's just one of those things where there are there's a lot of talent. There's a lot of exciting things in this community. We've just got to have somewhere to, to make it happen. And someone that can champion all of those and somewhere for people to go to have those conversations productively. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So. Yeah. So you walk through the park with a storyteller, and then there's like demonstrations. Is that the right idea? I was yeah. expecting like giant where the wild things are in like furry suits. Yeah. So um, we don't have that budget. <laughs> we okay. Right? So uh, performance. Uh, but they are going to have actors Sponsored. throughout the park the free dressed as wild things. <laughs> Um, so yeah. we are going to do that. There's going to be a wild rumpus area where you, you walk through, and when it's that part, the you know, horns and drums and all sorts of crazy stuff going on, uh -huh. and people dressed up as wild things. And um, I just, it's it's one thing, but I think if we can show that it'll work, it's a start. There's there's yeah. other things that. And that, for the record, don't call it. me about this. I have nothing to do with it. Yeah, don't call <laughs> him. He'd be so mad at me. This is um, another one of those things where it's like, you got to have some space. Yeah, so this I one's help. yours. I certainly help. Don't get me wrong. I support it. I think it's awesome. But it's, it's one of those things. Um, yeah, but I have developed over the years, which is funny, the next, I guess, maybe migration of my career might be in um, arts and community development. Education. Um, arts education, making sure that there's room. Perpetuation, for more than anything. Mm -hmm. Right. You guys um, are young enough. If it can't be then. done within right. the school systems, how do we make it, you know, if they can't allot for the budgets to make it happen, how do we supplement it outside yeah. um, those kinds of conversations? Absolutely. I think that's something, especially as we grow locally in Pendleton, it's something that's already been growing organically mm -hmm. how do you just and we how don't do make want it cool and new you guys are cool and new no offense, compared to we were but yeah. now, yeah. We're, now, yeah. but now yeah. we're working you know we're coming into our mid-30s and what are the you kids are. out of shut up the kids out of high school <laughs> what are what are we doing to make them want to stay what are we doing to make them it's the same conversation consider I have this community viable yeah as, as a place for them to grow in the arts. Everybody wants out of here. Right. Especially the, the artist side of things. Everybody wants yeah. out of their small town because their small town never understood their brain. Right. But how do you make your town think about your brain when you're 16 and you still are making that decision whether or not you want to yeah, stay? I mean, I think an organization like that would make a difference. I think teachers like Samson do a phenomenal job here um, of nurturing creatives. I think the biggest danger uh, actually, is people like us. Um, the, the problem a lot of these kids run into, and I know I was one of them, you, just because you love to draw doesn't mean you should be a graphic designer. Right. Brand and design are not fine art. It's a very different path to take. It's a different way of thinking. It's a different Absolutely. priority. So I see a lot of artists um, 
get pushed in that direction. I'm not a great fine artist. I never was, but I've always had a creative brain. Mm-hmm. Um, I always say that my talent is probably more in pattern and geometry. Yeah. Um, that's how I think. I think really well in repetition and um, I love designing pattern and I love designing with geometric yeah. play, those kinds of things, but um, that's a different brain than somebody that can draw realism. I, I can't do that to save yeah. my life. So I think the idea I'm getting to is, you know, I know some very technical people who make beautiful things that look like a real human being. They draw your face. But they don't think creatively. They look at a photo and they recreate it. Yeah, it's a technical skill. Like I totally don't have. But I just make up stuff to draw on. Like some of those guys are jealous of what I do just as much as I'm jealous of what they do. I'm Absolutely. like, man, I wish I could draw something that looked real. Mm-hmm. But I can't. I just make funny shapes. Which so. I think harkens back <laughs> to my harping on this idea of creative democracy and there being a place for everyone. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that I, we kind of. Mm-hmm. Swam around the initial question. I think kids need to be exposed to all the different ways you can work with creativity. Yeah. And some of that is, you know, even going, I'll just hit the nail on the head, going to what you guys do. There are creative ways to navigate finances. Yeah. Like some people are attracted to that industry because they've got a great idea of how to work with the codes and you know, do something maybe in a new, different way uh, as opposed to the way it's always been done. So that's where creatives fit is coming into any industry whether it's yeah. me working with my dad disrupting or, you know her working with the chamber yes yeah, it's, it's disruptive and it's a matter of how do you disrupt in a positive way mm-hmm. how can you you know how can you change things up and for us especially in a town like this where there's so many established is a good word for old there's so many established businesses and established people that mean super well and I think people on the creative end typically want to blow it up like anarchy, punk rock, but the established businesses are very open to hearing about these new ideas if you approach them in the right way. You just have to approach and go, I think I can help you with my creativity. So I think if we can, hopefully in the future, through Aaron's organization and with the schools, if we can make connections with the local businesses and bridge that gap and get the internships in, so you can be creative in almost any, uh, what's the word I want, business avenue. Organization too. I mean, there's a lot of organizations in our community too. Yeah. Um, Right now, I've got a partnership going with the high school um, senior art class and the park, and there we just bought all new trash cans for the park, and the art classes are painting them all. Oh, fun! them all, and we're gonna have those put in the park. So um, it's just it starts small. It doesn't always have to be massive, massive ideas. Yeah. Um, It's just gotta be plugging people in. Conversations and doing things like this. Yeah, changing the conversation, <laughs> having, having a conversation is a lot different. Yeah. Yeah. And having an avenue to let your voice be heard. Absolutely. Well, then perfect. Well, I had a couple other questions, but we'll save that for the next one. Um, <laughs> only one thing I wanted to do is show everybody the. <laughs> no, why didn't hang out? Oh my gosh. So, yeah, they have to listen to an hour and a half of this text. Right, I know. If you watch the video, you're able to see Jay's drawing and I know, I see. Guys, I appreciate it.